something to say. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Project Shadow. You might know that. Wait, I did that wrong. I'm not used to having somebody sit next to me. Hi, I'm Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and uh, sitting next to me is... Brian! Hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah, the hubby hub that I often tell stories about, but it's cool because he doesn't listen to the podcast, so you all know things that he doesn't know that you know. I know all... No. Even the dog looked at you like that's crazy when you said it. <laughs> then she did do Surrender Belly. She did Surrender Belly. <laughs> so, Sasha is in the room with us, so she may be another guest host, because, you know, sometimes she likes to guest on the show. Today, we're going to talk about The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Part 1. Yay! Yay! Okay. Let's... Before we get started, and before we go into the spoiler section of the show, I have to say, this is not what I thought it was going to be, but it was what I hoped it was going to be as soon as I saw the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, I was in the same boat, because I, I had uh, I had great concerns, The because, uh, you know, the, the promo stuff was talking about it, more adult Sabrina, this, that, and the other. And I was just like, what do you mean by more adult Sabrina? You know, like, I don't know. We're all used to the the really kind of campy, was it 80s? The Bewitched knockoff. Yeah, Bewitched knockoff. I, I'm sorry. I, I, the, the Adventures, I can never remember if it was The Adventures of Sabrina or just Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was basically Bewitched Junior Addiction, Edition. Where we all loved the cat because we had nightmares about the cat because well, it was looked like some kind of possessed cat. stuffed doll. Oh, that stupid, <laughs> stupid cat! Uh, yeah, uh, I know, I know. A lot of people love Salem, and I don't want to detract from your love of Salem, but I, I oh no, just put it this way: they could have just handed five dollars to the Jim Henson Company and gotten a better cat. Claymation would have been a better cat. <laughs> Very true. Very true. That that cat was crazy. But anyway, um, when I first started watching the trailers for it, I got excited because it looked really good. And as you all know, for a very long period of time now, I've had a two holes in my heart. One labeled Buffy the Vampire Slayer and the other labeled Charmed. And we're not going to talk about that CW thing yet. <clears throat> no. Eventually. <laughs> well, part of the beef with that one is actually just beef with CW not getting it. Yeah. And uh, so I, I'm going to wait yeah. for that. I'm going to wait for Charm to show up on Netflix and watch it without all the interruptions because there's enough interruptions in that show as it is getting to know the new cast and the characters and what they're trying to do with the world and trying to push my Charmed out of my head while watching it. But so we'll talk about that later. But I, I've got these two little holes in my heart, and this and the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina found a way to like slot right in both. For yeah, me. yeah, they yeah really. If you're looking for a fix of either, it will, <laughs> it does. 
Because um, it found a way that I haven't seen, especially since um, Buffy went off the air, to be creepy, sometimes downright scary, and campy and fun at the same time. And I know the humor didn't la- land well with everybody. I've seen some reviews, and some people liked it a lot less than I did. And by a lot less than I did, I mean they absolutely hated it. But to, to me, you know... I, I don't understand They're just that. lacking their dark soul to yes. appropriately appreciate the, the humor involved. <laughs> and that's the thing is, this show is so much darker than I anticipated. Like, when they were, like, doing the, you know, the, the first trailer I saw was the one that started with Harvey. They are coming for you, Barbara. And I was like, okay, that's cute. They're starting with a reference to the Night of the Living Dead. And, okay, that's cute. You know, but, oh, the places that this show went. Yeah. I, I wasn't I wasn't ready at all, but I, I'm kind of glad that it went there, and I'm hoping it doesn't soften its edge in any of the future parts. I think it found, for me, and I know this is not true for everybody, at least from some of the reviews that I saw and read, but for me, it found a wonderful balance between that, that macabre setting that it had, that, it, that it's trying to build, and the lighthearted humor that you expect from the Archie universe. And in fact, I feel like it did that better than Riverdale, because I kind of liked the first season of Riverdale, and then I kind of checked out of the show, because, you know, I just didn't care enough to keep watching. I might try to catch up on it at some point, but, you know, it. I don't like... This is, to me, why Zack Snyder's DC Universe movies didn't work. I, I don't like movies that are all downer all the time, and I don't like TV shows that are all downer all the time. And this really had the potential of being that show. And I, I, I don't know, I, I enjoyed the I, the comedy that they were able to put into it. Yeah, yeah, they really did hit that balance because you get that that fun, the little tongue in cheek. You get the comedy bit. You also get serious moments, scary moments. You know. You, some of the horror aspects, because it is a horror setting after all, and and you still get that. I like that they fully embraced the setting elements, of the setting, you know, where where they you know talk about his dark lord and they make sure to praise his dark name and just those little things that was just hilarious because like I do and I don't, and we're now going to transition to the spoiler portion because I can't reacts to what you're saying without spoilers or things that people might consider spoilers. So if you have yet to watch the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix, part one is out. Part two is coming in March, I believe. Don't say April. Maybe March. Maybe it's April. It, it, uh, early next year. Yeah. In the spring next year. <laughs> Definitely check it out. You should watch it. Started laughing because I went before Game of Thrones next year. Everything's coming out before Game of Thrones. I will probably have the first of my three book series out before Game of Thrones starts up next year. I might actually have two books out before Game Are of Thrones. Are you saying this last year. season might take so long to come out that Gurr might actually get the book out before? It? No, Gurr will never get the book out. <laughs> it's not going to take. Winter that long. is never coming. <laughs> I don't know. It's awfully cold out. No, I'm sorry. Winds of Winter is never coming. Yeah. I, I've, I, I've, I've, I've been trying to get people to prepare themselves for this. It, it's, it's kind of like um, 
um, what was the name of the book? The uh, The New Shadow. Tolkien started writing a sequel to Lord of the Rings. He eventually decided against it, decided it was a bad idea, and all we have is like scant notes on it. That's going to be what happens when Gurr finally leaves us. We're going to find notes, some sample chapters that he's gotten written over time, and variant versions, probably, of those chapters, and people are going to have to piece it together on their own, because I, I, I don't think he wants it to end, and I don't think he knows how he wants it to end, but that's on an entirely different subject. So now, spoilers. If, if you've sat through our discussion of Game of Thrones, which is, of course, our spoilers bumper, <laughs> apparently. Have you noticed every time we talk about spoilers, Game of Thrones comes up? <laughs> um, like every time. Um, hmm. It's a weird thing that we do. Um, you've been warned. From now on, spoilers. Okay, so you were talking about embracing... Yeah, or I, I thought that was really nifty that they they pulled from, you know... You know, because it's it's story about witches and stuff. So they pulled from, you know, they there's some of these like you know Wiccan reference and and satanic references, but they're but they're not like fully clipped from or anything like that. They're just it's more just part of enhancing the element. And and I like that they, you know, like if you're around a religious family. You know, there's a lot of praise Jesus or in God's name, you know, let this be and stuff like that, you know, and instead of... Do you know of, any Muslims or you're, you know, inshallah? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, and, uh, and, and so in, in place of that, they basically is, it's like a religious family, except for in place of that, it's... Thank praise, the Dark Lord. Thank the Dark Lord, praise his dark name. I believe the first time we ever hear that is... Uh, um, and Zelda saying Hail Satan. Yeah, saying Hail Satan or something like that. And it was just like, it was funny because on one hand it was like really jarring because, well, we're in a very religious area. Oh, they know where we and, are. We're in the and, rusty buckle of the Bible Belt. Yeah. By religious, I mean they like to say a lot of that stuff out loud. And <laughs> <laughs> They watched the movie. They didn't read the book. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so you, it was just funny because it was like it was jarring at first it, it was, was like, very jarring which was which was great because the you know i mean they're signing their name over to the book of the beast to the book of the beast yeah, to and the, to follow the dark lord to get their powers and so um, that would be befitting of a very religious family of that ilk <laughs> to, to me i almost feel like the saining the satanic verses that she refers to at one point in the book is not actually like the Levan book, which of course was the tongue in cheek nod that they were giving to it, but is actually like um Lucifuge, Lucifuge two, how the gods fell, um um how the gods kill and uh, Yeah. <laughs> basically Danzig's first four albums. Yeah. Because the the type of Satanism that is present in this show is like what you would see in an obituary album in a King Diamond tongue-in-cheek song, you know, you know, merciful fate, no, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's really that kind of like it brings me back to the eighties and early nineties and the satanic panic of the period, yeah. and like, yeah, <laughs> which is of course one of the reasons why the Church of Satan sued them because they said they relied too heavily on the satanic panic imagery and that you know, was defamatory towards them and other such things. But, um, 
I don't want to get into the lawsuit because I have weird feels there. Well, yeah, because a lot of that imagery goes even further back, like into the Dark Ages and stuff. Well, the okay, the Baphomet <laughs> that they got sued for, I get with the kids that was really their thing, but Baphomet that that particular depiction of Baphomet goes back to Eliphas Levy, and I believe that was in 1850. Yeah, and don't ask me why I know these things; I just know yeah. things. <laughs> but you know, it, it's it's. It, the idea that you're trying to assert copyright or trademark over something that's that old, I, I get how copyright works. And technically, once you make a sculpture, because this was a line drawing, it was a pen and ink line drawing. So once you make a sculpture, it is a new creative work and blah, 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 blah. And of course, the children were a new addition to it, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, meh. Yeah, but I, I don't care. Did they really file the copyright? Did they really? No. You don't have to file copyright anymore. I know, but the. I wonder, I wonder if the sculptor still... Well, I guess it'd still be early enough for the sculptor, even if the sculptor passed, to still be in the time period. No, the, the sculptor was... That was just like five, six years ago when they were trying to get the uh, oh, yeah, statue that's right. that was, in Oklahoma yeah. City next to the Ten Commandments. Yeah, that was... Yeah, that... Okay, that's the statue you were speaking of. Yes. Yeah. Which... Actually, when we were first watching through, we, we when we saw the statue, we were laughing very much because... I thought that know. they actually licensed and used the real one. So that, I mean, that goes to the lawsuit. But again, I don't want to get mired down in the lawsuit. Yeah. One of the... Uh, the one and only problem that I had with this show is it's... And I, I, I don't really have it against it. It's just, in context, it feels very weird and very out of place. And that is the casual way that cannibalism is treated yeah in the church of night like okay the whole idea of the sacrament on that in that one episode with you know the queen of winter or whatever you know well if anything i think that goes to speak see i didn't i didn't it starts I, in the very first episode yeah. when the body's down in the yeah and they talk about too bad they couldn't it's been a long time since they've had long pig. Yeah. yeah. And and I think I thought that was an interesting tip of the hat to the problems existing in the Church of the Night because they have this annual ritual where they cannibalize one of uh, their own. One of their own. And once they've ritualized it and made it normal, other cannibalistic acts are thus considered normal. And and it was Zelda who said it, and yeah, yeah. But I, I'm just saying that it feels that that to me felt more out of place than. And like I said, we're in the spoiler stuff, and we're not necessarily sticking to timeline here. That felt more out of place than when Sabrina cold bloodedly slit Dorcas's throat. Yeah. See, for me, it was it was like no, it was it was a way of sending a signal, going there is things wrong with the church of the night because you know it was it was a nice clear signifier where i was immediately going okay haha yeah these are the people we're following and they're in the church of the night but they're not good people necessarily no and and you know especially because the like like you know it's part of zelda's growth through this first part Does where zelda grow? We'll talk she about did, that in a minute. Yeah, she No, is. I want to talk about that in a minute. I want to hold that off. Okay, we'll come back to it, but I thought it was part of her growth. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that more after the break. So, before we do our break for the uh, sponsor, I, 
do have to say, you know, all things included, I love the characters. Yeah. Um, I'm really curious what they're doing with things. I am, if if you have watched it, I, I highly recommend you go back and rewatch it and watch Salem like a hawk. Salem is amazing. Salem shows up in places where you do not expect to see Salem. Yeah. He does yeah. things. We Yeah, we'll have to talk about that later, too, after the break. Yeah. Because Salem, ooh. Sal- Salem's a thing. Yeah. And we'll talk about that more in, in a minute. But, yeah, definitely love the show. Love the show. Yeah. And so... Highly recommend watching it. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsor, which is done by me. And we're back. And thank you for uh, being patient with all that. I still feel weird about having the sponsor on the episode. But, hey, it keeps me from being sounding so desperate at the end of the podcast when I ask for money. That's a bonus, right? Ryan's just sitting there staring at me like I'm not talking. I'm not saying anything anymore. <laughs> okay, so back to Sabrina. I thought you would have joined in on that. Okay. Um, so back to the chilling adventures of Sabrina. Yeah, I, we were, when we last left off, we were talking about whether or not Zelda grew. <laughs> yes. I, I would like you to state your case in the affirmative so I can poke holes in it. Yes. That's affirmative, isn't No. Okay, uh, so Zelda... <laughs> So she starts off, you know, cannibalism, it's all about the, you know, praise the Dark Lord, the church, blah, blah, blah. You know, she does have some family, but I mean, let's be honest, she murders her sister right away because she talked too much. Now, yes, we've all been angry at our siblings for talking she too me, much. So I but killed her and buried her in the yard. Yeah, yeah, like, where's your, where's your sister at? I mean, yeah. I'd say that's probably my favorite line in the entire series. (laughs) That's because all of us with siblings have been there where at least where we felt like we kind of wanted to just take a hammer to them because they were talking too much or wouldn't shut up about things or just, I don't know. You know. Yes, because I was the younger sibling that they all tried to take the hammer to. (laughs) Yeah. We've talked about your abusive nature when it comes to siblings. Yes, throwing them across rooms because they won't quiet. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I, I. So, so yeah, and then and then of course you know as as the uh, the part one goes on, you know she her love of family and loyalty to family helps her to see flaws in the church, and I don't think she ever sees a flaw in the church. I think she does. I don't. I, I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. She gets I disagree. a little distracted with her penance. No, that's but... that's what she sees the problem in. She sees a problem in Father Blackwood. She does not see a problem in the church. Oh, stumped you there. Yeah. She she has I, I do not believe by the end that she has changed her mind on whether or not no, Sabrina she, should have joined. She she was she was genuinely appalled at the cere- the cannibalism ceremony, and she she was kind of I mean yeah she's happy Sabrina has joined by the end but she turned around she was like she started to have questions and I don't know I, I think questions is too strong. 
No, because after um, so Sabrina helps her to start to question some things. I, I, I don't think she's. You know, it's not a full conversion. I mean, but no, it, I'm not saying but she had a full conversion, and I'm yeah. not trying to say that you have to prove that she did. I'm saying that what she actually starts finding fault with is realizing that uh, Father Blackwood has as many illegitimate children as the Bath Black as the Dark Lord wishes he did, and yes. that he is not trustworthy with any of them, which is why she ends up kidnapping one of them. Yeah. Because she doesn't trust him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She totally doesn't trust him. Yeah. That that's a that is a difference than not no longer being in line with her beliefs in the Church of Night. I don't think those have wavered at all since the beginning. I think she's still as dumb. I, I don't even know how to say this. Died in the wool of Satanist as she was in episode one. <laughs> uh, but she no longer has the absolute faith that she had in Father Blackwood from the beginning. Yeah, but the removal of the blind faith is is part of her growth. Just because the tomato plant has flowers, dang it. <laughs> it has grown. This is an inside joke, folks. Sorry. We had the... I planted these tomato plants. These darn things. They grew giant. They produced no tomatoes. They finally had flowers. Still no tomatoes. Still no tomatoes. But it is growth. (laughs) Never doubted that they grew. I never doubted that they grew. Uh, But you doubt that she's had growth as a character. I I don't... I, I don't see it. And I'm not saying that she's not a better person at the end than at the beginning, I think, but because she is as devoted to the Spellman family at the end of the season as she was at the beginning of the season. The only difference is she's no longer taking Father Blackwood's word for what that means to be a good member of the Church of Night and what it means to be a good member of the Spellman family. And she's fully seen Sabrina as a spellman. Yeah. Which, through the series, she kind of saw her as a half-breed mongrel in much the same way the Weird Sisters did. Yeah, this is true, but that's part of the... the yeah. That, yes, but you're, part, you're yeah. saying that, that she ended up grow, growing up out of some of her more... I can't believe I, we're arguing over how satanic somebody is and their growth. I, I don't is, think she would engage in a cannibalistic feasting. Well, I do. Okay. I think she was appalled at what happened because it was not a proper right. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking of the dream demon, but that's kind of early on as well-ish. I guess it's kind of in the middle. It's kind of in the middle. But, uh... Batty Bat. Yeah, Batty Bat. Batty Bat. The best thing about Batty Bat is Batty Bat is an actual Sumerian demon. That's an actual name of a Sumerian demon from Sumer. Like, you can go and read, like, ancient Sumerian spells to get rid of Batty Bat. Nice. That's not, like, just something that they created for the Archie comics or for this show. Batty Bat is... Batty Bat is a thing. 
And if you actually want to learn more about that, if you search British Museum Batty Bat, the first time a couple years ago, they were doing um, dives into the collections at the British Museum. And one of the things that they actually showed was a tablet with the spell against Batty Bat on it. And the, if I remember correctly, it was a lady who was showing off the tablet. She actually reenacted the ritual to get rid of Batty Bat. Nice. In there. And it is not that different. It's not too distinct from what we see in the show. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that video was watched by the writers of the show. Just because it, it's it's available. It's on the YouTube. But yeah, <laughs> Batty Bat. Batty Bat's real. Yeah. And fun to say. Batty Bat. Batty Bat. Batty Bat. Batty Bat has been in my house lately and it's annoying. What did you think of Purgatory? Hmm... I have weird feelings about, and it wasn't really purgatory. It was limbo. Sorry, limbo. You're right. And uh, my mistake. That yeah. was limbo. Yeah, that was limbo. It. it I, I like the look of it. I think aesthetically, it was very interesting. If there was for me a weak episode of the series, that would have been it, for a couple reasons. One, I don't think they've we've spent enough time with. Uh, Let's just say Ms. Wardwell. <laughs> Love her. <laughs> I don't know. Well, this is the spoiler-filled part of the show. So yeah. I believe they reveal that she is Madam Satan by the end of the season. Yes. Um, yeah, but, because that's part of the additional tension between her and Sabrina. And so that that's something that, you know, I... They haven't spent enough time with her for us to really know her motivations. Because... She, the time we do spend with her, she seems very devoted to the Dark Lord, and she seems very interested in making sure that his goals, dreams, and ambitions come to fruition. But having said that, yeah, that episode in particular seems to go against the grain of that entire thing. Like, I, this may be one of those places where writing logic and plot superseded character logic and story but it seemed much to me much more like a writerly part of the episode unless she has some other ulterior motive why would she open the gate for sabrina to go into limbo in the first place why why was she helping well she wanted to sabotage the she knows sabrina's going to try to do this anyhow yes she wanted to make sure that sabrina got you know what didn't get in over her head or get into yes. deep trouble because she's got to keep her safe. And also she's got to ensure that she, she fails because the boyfriend's brother needs to stay a husk. It needs to be a zombie, I guess, for lack of better terms. I know we were expecting way more zombie at that point. They, yeah, they, a lot more zombie. Yeah, they, they started with Night of Living Dead and it was just like... Uh, yeah, you know. I, I I feel like we need a lot more of... Well, and I'm not just saying this because I love the actress so much, because Michelle Gomez, I mean, oh my goodness. I love her. Yeah. I love her, I love her, I love her. She I love her since Greenwing. Greenwing is the first thing I ever remember seeing yes. her in. Oh if you want to see her as a... Oh, um, I'm trying to think of an analogous character in Body. something else. She She's she's the um, HR 
manager at the hospital in 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 the show and oh my goodness she she she's body she's randy she sticks her tongue into everything it, it's if if you're into like dirty it's, times it's, it's almost like uh, we actually reviewed it a ways back kind of like michael scott when he has his awkward interactions with females he's kind of interested in in the earlier seasons of the office but if you took it to no, those were intentional actions and go three steps further. Well, see, the the character that I was actually thinking of that works for her, most people in the audience would have no idea who it is. If you've ever seen the TV show Late Line, it only got one season <laughs> a long, long time ago. There was yeah. a character on that show named Mona who was a mousy um, secretary for one of the on-screen talents on the show. Um, she She's like, if they could have gotten away with making her writing her the way the character wanted to be written. She, she would have been. Yeah. Her green she, character. Yeah, yeah. She, so yeah, but like nobody knows that show. So yeah, yeah that was a long, long time ago. Um, like early nineties, long time ago. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I want to know more about her ambitions, and I'm not faulting the show for that because this is part one. We don't know how many parts they're intending. If I'm assume, because I always assume when I see parts, that means that they're not going for they're not they're saying that this is not an ongoing series that we have a story that we're telling. It's got a beginning, middle, and end kind of a thing. Yeah, because most of the shows that they've done part instead of season. That's how it was handled. Yeah, I with her, I I think that. You know, you start to get the first big tip of the hat there right at the, you know, tip of the hand right at the end of part one. I almost got this feel like, you know, it's like the laws of the harem. If the first wife is still around, you better watch out because she still rules. <laughs> That's why she's still around. And I'm not sure if that statement is sexist or not. But I get, I get your meaning. You, you get what I'm saying. I, I get your meaning, but I, I don't Satan's, like the way you got Satan there. Satan runs a harem, basically. He has his wives. Satan and runs a brothel. His wives and about? concubines, and she is the first wife, and she has been clever enough, both in keeping Satan happy, and also in whatever backstabbing and manipulating is needed to have been done to maintain her position as first wife. And I think that's the thing is. I gotta feel like he, you know, Sabrina demonstrates in being able to call up Hellfire a lot of the power that she does have within her, and obviously Satan probably wants him, her in his harem, whether it's as a concubine, as a wife, don't know that. See, you just went in a way that makes me not like the show anymore. You don't think that's if, that, if that's the plot of the show, I don't like it. I, I don't want to see a goat man trying to have well, sex with Sabrina. I wasn't talking about sex itself i'm talking about you know because that's one thing they have done very well these are you know she's a 16 year old they've done a very good yes. job at you know keeping things he, he definitely adult wants and not... her in his coven and he wants to use her to bring about the end of the world well i was trying I, to I... talk about the dynamics oh okay i'm sorry sex aside trying to talk about the dynamics of the more the social dynamics of you know husband other wives and concubines yeah and but i don't if, if that's where they're going with the show it's trash and i don't want to watch it anymore okay. no I'm, I'm sorry like she's 16 well yeah yeah no i, I... <laughs> sorry i like i i can get past the cannibalism I, uh, but that that's I, a step too far and i don't think that's where they're going with the show 
Yeah, okay, continuing on. Uh, you dropped sex into it, I'm done anyhow, yeah. Well, you're talking about husbands and harems, that's what that is. Well, I was this talking is... about more of the, the dynamics political of the coven. intrigue and, and... Of the coven. Of, of the, okay, of the coven. Yeah. Then I'm okay. Okay. That was Jinx, for anybody who heard the cat. The cat makes a... <laughs> our, our, our familiar makes a guest appearance on the show. Yeah, no, uh, sorry. That just went away that I was not comfortable with. Um, but yeah, it just... I, I think the, the, the two characters in the upcoming parts that we are not, that most people aren't expecting to see big surprises from are Ms. Wardwell. Yeah. Who I think is going to... I, I think she's going to become a faction in and of her self yeah at some point and i'm not sure how that's going to shake out and salem yeah yeah salem you have some very interesting thoughts on yeah salem. My, my personal theory is that the uh witch who shows up dead at the very beginning of the series was killed by salem and i i don't know why i don't my, my theory is not complete enough to know why he killed him but I have a feeling that the goblin, known as Salem, who has taken the body of the cute little cat, is actively working to thwart the work of the Dark Lord for some reason. He has a vendetta. Like I said, rewatch the show, and wherever the action is, look elsewhere. You will be shocked how many times Salem is in the corner doing something when you're distracted because all this stuff's happening over here but if you look in the corner there's that stupid cat doing something and he's a black cat and it's a very shadowy show and so it's easy to miss him yeah but he is everywhere doing everything salem is the only character in the entire series who knows everything yeah yeah salem uh, yeah Sam's done some interesting things. Well, back to the whole, you know, if Miss Wardwell is look or Wardwell is looking to take over because say she's done with the male run, male failed run. So I, I do think that that's where that's. Um, I, I do think that that's where I, I that's going. Think they, that's they, where yeah, I kind of think so too. Like like like, this was her last attempt at following him, and she's seeing his plans as being stupid and. And nearsighted again, and I I think that yeah I think that she's gonna try a power grab. I actually kind of wonder. You know, she was so indifferent with her other familiar. Yeah, she just kill it. it. Yeah, you don't think she sent Salem? I don't know. To have, like I said, we haven't spent enough time with her to have any idea what her motives are. We meet her. On her own terms, when she shows up and kills Miss Wardwell and takes her form, we see her after on her own terms. Like, when I say that, I mean, like, separate from Sabrina, where she's not having to put on airs. Yeah. Right? Or the, cons- or the school, where she has to put on airs and be Miss Wardwell, where we get to see her. Yeah. The next time we see her as her. Isn't it Batty Bat? No. It's uh, when Sabrina refuses to sign the book on her dark baptism 
and we see her in front of the fireplace in her house begging the forgiveness of the Dark Lord. Yeah. Then there's Batty Bat. And then I would say the next time is uh, with the uh, Opep, the worm. Yeah. We get to see her. But we don't get any sense of her motives in any of these things. We, we see her, but it, she is... We, we, there's no point in this story so far where we get to see her doing her thing. She's working. She's either working for the devil. She's begging forgiveness for the devil, from the devil, or working to thwart the actions of another demon. We don't get to see her reactions to get to know what her motivations are. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's why I figured she killed the familiar, you know, her familiar, the crow, you know, just because that was someone who was around her a lot, at least for this part, and knew too much. And that's the other interesting thing with her is that we do know at least she ties up loose threads and she doesn't like people to know, you know, like we as audience members know that she's Lilith because that, that got revealed. Yeah. But nobody else does. Right. So I am very curious to see where the show goes. Um, this episode's growing a little long, so I want to start the process of wrapping up. Um, a couple other things. We kind of touched on the Weird Sisters. Well, I guess we, in wrapping up, we could, you know, see, you know, if the audience would like to hear more on certain topics. I was going to get to that part. Oh, sorry. I jumped yeah, ahead. You jumped. You jumped. You jumped ahead. Spoilers. <laughs> okay. So I just wanted to touch on a few other things. The Weird Sisters I thought were interesting. I really liked them. I, I liked the cold-blooded Sabrina just slitting Dorcas's throat. Yeah. Um, because for everybody who's like, that's out of her character. How would she do that? Why would she do that? She knew it wasn't real. It was like any kid playing make-believe. She knew she could bury her. And get her to come back. She didn't know there would be consequences to that. So it was any kid playing make-believe. Yeah. She it, had a plan. The plan was solid. Yeah. She was going to follow the plan. Yep. She forgot the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a uh, Legends of Tomorrow thing. The plan will fail and then you have to do a new plan. <laughs> I really, really like that. I'm really curious what they're doing with our shinning girl. <laughs> Yeah. You've got the Shining Girl. I am really curious what they're going to be doing with that storyline. Um, that, I don't know. I, I could see that going any, I could see that going several different ways. Um, I'm not sure what they're going to do with the Kinkles. Though you know that yeah. they have plans because they wouldn't bring in Ty from Battlestar Galactica for no reason. Yeah. To play Grandpa Kinkle. Like, that wouldn't happen. Like, there, there's a reason there, <laughs> and yeah. we're going to get more of that, and I'm really curious about that. And I love the fact that there is a, I know canani- canonically from the comics, the character of Susie is um, um, a, is, is a um, genderqueer. She is a non-binary, that's the word I was trying to find, character in the comics, Um I'm using the pronoun she because so far on the show, they've stuck to using that for Susie, and I'm trying to keep all comments to the show. 
I'm really curious how they do this character. I've liked how they've done it so far. I felt a little weird that the ghost kept calling her a boy. Because if she's non-binary, that's not, I don't think, the way the spirit would see her. But I don't know what they're doing with her on the sh- with Susie grandma, on the show. Grandma did as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what they're doing with Susie on the show. I am excited to see a trans character in this show. And I'm curious to see how that plays out. But right now I am cautiously optimistic. And also the interesting thing with her, probably not seeing ghosts. It's probably Lilith, but it could be ghosts. I think she's seeing ghosts. You think she's actually seeing ghosts? I think she's actually seeing ghosts. You don't think that's Lila? No. I, I was, I'm on the fence on that one, but that's... Yeah, we won't get into that No, now. I think she's actually seeing ghosts. Okay. I, I think what we're going to learn is that basically each of our main characters, their ancestors, because we now know that Susie's family helped save as many of the witches as she could back in the day and helped bring, bring them across the sea to come to come here we know that that you know harvey's family were witch hunters we you know what i'm saying like we each character is getting a link back to something yeah and i think we're i I think it's going to pay off at some point and of course remember she's seeing ghosts at a point when the veil was very thin true that so yeah it, it it doesn't require susie having any supernatural powers for that to have happened she was thinking a lot about her gram her you know her grandmother she was reading her diary at the time she had pictures of her out and stuff you know it's not unreasonable that she would have seen her but um the last person that i don't think we've talked about enough is first of all um karen shipka who plays the the part of sabrina i thought did an amazing role she's really good at being that cutesy cutesy girl when she needs to be cutesy cutesy girl and I really bought it when she cut Dorcas's throat. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> when she needed to be serious. Like, and she has a really good touch of the Scream Queen in her, too. Like, when she's running through the for- forest and the forest is grabbing her. And, like, she emotes very well, which is very necessary for this type of a role. Yeah. So. Yeah, she did a great job. We can't leave our first review without saying, wow, <laughs> yeah. she's really yeah, good. You'd really be missing the mark, wouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. And, fin- finally... Oh my goodness, Richard Coyle as Father Blackwood. He is a great actor. He's a great voiceover actor. Um, in fact, we just finished The Silmarillion as read by him. Yeah. Um, really good. I, I, I'd love to see him in this part. I think he's got the ability to play up the humor that he needs to and the seriousness of it. And I think he's going to be a delicious villain for the show. And... Again, we can't wrap up our first and review without. Shout out to Ambrose. Ambrose is awesome. Oh, Ambrose! How did we? How did we do this entire episode and not talk about Ambrose? Because uh, there wasn't enough time. <laughs> yeah, there's not enough time. So Ambrose, great character. Can't wait to find out more about him. And of course, the aunties. Such good casting. Such good casting. I love this show. As Brian was saying earlier, if you would like us to do more episodes on Sabrina, obviously we can talk a lot about it. Um, let me know. You yeah. can hit me up on Twitter. I'm C. Dorset on Twitter. You can hit us up at Project Shadow on Facebook. You can go to ProjectShadow.com and find links to all my social media. I you pretend to be on, uh... Send us specific questions, or if there's parts you want us to elaborate more on, or if, uh... 
you know, you just want more. <laughs> just say that. And this is one of those great times where if you have the Anchor app on your phone, which you can get very easily by going to anchor.fm, follow us on Anchor, and in there, you will see a call-in button. I Actually, I think it says voice message now. At any rate, you can hit that button and leave us a one-minute voice message that keep it clean, and I'll use it on the show. We've actually done several episodes based off of your call-ins, and I love them. You can leave a question, you can leave a comment, you can just give a suggestion about something you'd like the show to be about, or, hey, if you know some news that I'm not talking about and you want to hear what it is, share it. Just remember, you got one minute. <laughs> it cuts you off. It's very... It, it, it is an app. Yes, it is an app. It is not forgiving. Um, even for the Flapton. Cut her off. She... <laughs> Don't. She found it quite rude. Oh. Um, <laughs> so that helps out a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, stupid answering machines. <laughs> if you have a couple dollars that you can pass our way, if you look at the, depending on the app that you're in, there will either be a button that says support, or if you go to the show notes, there will be a link that says support on Anchor. If you click that, you can support at the $1, $5, $10 levels. That really does help out a lot. And, you know, if we start making enough on that... I'll get rid of the sponsors. I'll get rid of the ads. But, you know, I, I write a lot. Brian and I run a restaurant together. There's, we do a lot of things. And unfortunately, we live in a capitalist society and require the money. And that's sad. That's a whole other topic. Um, but it really does help out a lot. If you'd like to support everything that I do, including the books, Head over to Project Shadow. Um, head, well, head over to Patreon.com/cedorset and sign up over there. A little note on that is when the audiobooks drop. Hi, Jinx. When the, when the audiobooks drop, they will be available free at a, at a at a certain level on Patreon. So if that's something that you want to grab, go over there, check that out for details. And I believe that's it been a lot going on today if you want us to do more episodes though do definitely let me know because i could talk about this show a lot because i really really liked it anyway until next time i'm charlie i'm brian and don't forget have the fun bye bye, -bye.